Welcome to Lineouts by Earful of Dirt, bringing you conversations with rugby newsmakers about the greatest sport on the planet. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, Lineouts, Episode 3. And today, I've got Ryan Fitzgerald of NOLA Gold Rugby. This is our second live webcast. Our last one with Dan and Victor was on the road in Philadelphia at Talent Energy Stadium, interviewing folks live at the Newcastle v. Saracens match. How are you doing today, Ryan? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on here. Ryan, as we've discussed on the phone, Lineouts is uh, where we do interesting stuff. It's not just MLR focused, but you are an MLR GM, so we'll definitely hit on what NOLA Gold and MLR are going to do. But when did you get started in rugby? So my first year of rugby was uh, about uh, right in junior, year, junior year of high school up in Wisconsin. So that was uh, 2001. Um, I went to Muskego High School, which is uh, originally from, you know, Wind Lake, Wisconsin, Muskego High School, just outside, about 20 minutes away from Milwaukee. So got into it and uh, didn't really know anything about it. Played football my whole life, you know, played all sports. And then uh, in the springtime, one of my buddies came up to me and said that we had a high school, our high school had a rugby team and uh, didn't know what about it was, like I said, didn't know really too much about it, but uh, it was better than running track. So, uh, you know, uh, to stay in shape. And uh, obviously, you know, played that first season there, junior my junior year of high school. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. Just been hooked on ever since, you know, so. In our previous conversations on the phone, you mentioned that you were in the Marine Corps. Did you play while you were in the Marine Corps? Um, I, I did I, from time to time. Invested kid at Camp Lejeune. Um, but, you know, when we were in, uh, you know, infantry battalion, you know, um, you know, at, during the war and everything that, you know, it wasn't exactly like you could leave you know, for, uh, for rugby. So between deployments and stuff, you know, uh, you could here and there, but it's mostly just, mostly just tournaments and stuff. Had to take a little bit of a hiatus from competitive rugby is, uh, you know, just, just cause of that. I definitely know what that's like playing club rugby while in the army, you know, we'd go on exercise for six weeks and that ends up being four games in your season. You know, I would have loved to, for sure. I was in from 03 to 07. And like I said, that was just, you know, um, between, you know, deployments and stuff in a lot of the workups, as you know, and everything that, you know, when you're, you know, it's a lot of workups, a lot of what was going on with the war in Iraq that, you know, might've been some tournaments here and there you could get into and did some tournaments back home and went to the Lakefront sevens tournament back home in Milwaukee and stuff time to time. But as far as uh consistent competitive rugby, you know, it was hard with, uh, with between the tours. Ryan, when you were announced as the general manager of NOLA Gold, I uh, did some scouting of my own, and on LinkedIn, I noticed that you were a scout with the Senior Bowl. Yeah, third year uh, scout with the Senior Bowl. Um, always just been like kind of fascinated with the whole process of scouting. It's been kind of you know two jobs that kind of wanted my whole life, you know, between the Marine Corps and, and scouting. You know, um, obviously as a kid growing up, you always thought football because before I knew anything about rugby. But and then obviously, you know, NFL having a bigger platform, at the, you, know, you know, at the time than, you know, rugby. But, uh, yeah, just three years ago, just started writing letters, um, just started writing letters to all uh, NFL teams and colleges and uh, just trying to get, you know, trying to get a crack in, just try to get anywhere you could, you know, side job, intern level type stuff um, and actually 
got a lot of letters wrote, you know, wrote back and everything from a lot of GMs and um, a lot more than you think. A lot of people say you're wasting your time. But I, I think if I had to give one piece of advice, I'd say that's untrue. You know, a lot of people, they do not, especially at the NFL level, they're fanatical about, uh, you know, not letting, you know, any rock go unturned, you know, I mean, they, they turn, turn them all over and check everybody out, you know? So, um, so Phil Savage, who was the director of the senior bowl, used to be the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. He was with the Baltimore Ravens for about 15 years has a super bowl ring with them. He's also the color commentator right now from Alabama. He, uh, I got a phone call from a two five one mobile Alabama number. And he asked me if I still was interested in being a scout. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. And, uh, drove up to mobile and had a long lunch with them, sat down. And so for the past three years, I've had the state of Louisiana, um, a little bit outside that had Mississippi state and, and Houston, um, Houston area as well. And it's been awesome. Met some unbelievably great guys. I also got a chance to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, do training camp with uh, Miami Dolphins last year. So I was in camp with them. And then this year, I even uh, in the spring, I was able to do rookie camp as well with the Cowboys. So it was, uh, you know, like I said, great experience. You see what it takes at the NFL level. You see unbelievable amount of talent that gets, uh, you know, comes up short and, uh you know, the amount of, you know, just like they said, the amount of skill set, speed, height, weight, everything, the whole nine, what it takes to be in the NFL and just play at that level. It's pretty, uh, pretty unbelievable. I was definitely interested in seeing your background because there is a clear delineation in American sports between personnel and coaching, although they have a close relationship. But in rugby overall, you see directors of rugby, uh, not only do they have to control and develop their coaching staff, but then they have this, you know, talent identification part that they have to work hand in hand. It's extremely difficult overall, but culturally it's a part of that system. Yeah, definitely. It's um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's great, you know, from here being, you know, playing rugby for 17 years, you know, and, and also, you know, with football and being able to kind of tie them in and then, you know, being right here in New Orleans and playing on our, you know, our New Orleans team for eight years here, it's been uh it's been great to have that crossover and, you know, with football and everything that too, with the NFL, like I said, it's just great to see, you know, the two sports are obviously different, but at the same time, it's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of skill sets that translate over between, you know, this feet, hips, you know, um, just the athletic ability, the toughness, size, playing with leverage, all that stuff, uh, the fitness level, all that stuff definitely overlaps on both sports. And it's, you know, it's very interesting to see how, uh, you know, kind of compare them both. We discussed on one of our last podcasts uh, this Yahoo article in which you were quoted in that talked about crossover athletes between both rugby and football going both ways. And it was interesting knowing your background and, you know, we discussed on the phone that you were interested in looking at, you know, Division One football players that met certain skill sets that could also play rugby if they somehow didn't make it because they are choice athletes and division one football fitness level is just immense. Right. Yeah. I I just think too, Aaron, you know, I I think there's enough to go around, you know, I wanted to make that clear, you know, in that article as well and everything, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think it has to be, don't play football, play rugby or play rugby. Don't play football. I think that there is enough to go around. There's only 32 teams in the NFL. You know, there is, like I said, going to these camps, you see, some unbelievable players that are maybe first string, you know, he might've been first team, all big 10 linebacker, you know, and he's getting cut not making the team. Now he's a 22 year old kid and he's an unbelievable athlete. He's in the best shape of his life. 
Um, he has the toughness. He has all the tools, the whole nine. And, you know, the NFL might have told him no, or maybe the CFL told him no. You know, why not? Instead of just, you know, packing up your, hanging up your boots and going, you know, going to work somewhere, go get your job. Why not, you know, still try to translate that and see if you can bring it over to another sport, you know? Um, like I said, I don't think it has to be one or the other. I love both sports, played both sports my whole life. I don't think it has to be pick one. Um, I, I just think there's an incredible amount of skill set and incredible amount of athletes right here in the United States, especially, you know, like I, I see it all the time. I'm originally from Wisconsin. Like I said, being down here in the state of Louisiana, I mean, it's just, it's fascinating how much, how many athletes are in this area, you know, and um, you go around to um, rosters all over the country and you'll see guys from New Orleans on a football roster, Arizona State, A&M, wherever it's at. Uh, and at the NFL level as well. So why not, uh, you know, if a guy comes up short at the NFL level and you're 22 years old and you're still running a 4440 or 4540, you know, and you're still bench pressing the house, well, why does your athletic days have to be over? And I think that's a, you know, I think rugby can bring a, you know, a great, uh, you know, great avenue for that, you know, another vehicle to keep on playing. I definitely think recruiting choice athletes to play and learn rugby in the short term is great to grow the game and you know increase the uh, level of athleticism that uh, both the MLR and eventually the Eagles could have up front. But this also provides you know something to look at for uh, the younger generation. And Mike Friday has talked about uh, how rugby should be complementing other American sports that. Competing directly with football is not necessarily the smartest thing if we actually want to grow the game and compete on the elite level. Yeah. And, you know, and listen, I, I don't think that these guys have to – I'm not saying that these guys that are done playing football at the University of Nebraska, for example, and all of a sudden they're 22 years old and a year later they're playing in the World Cup against the New Zealand All Blacks. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that these guys – there's some phenomenal athletes out there, and at the end of the day a lot of athletes find a way to make it work. And with the right coaching and the right skill set and the right academies and the right program, it can go that. I'm not just saying being 22 years old and hanging up football and you just got done playing in front of 100,000 fans against Alabama or LSU and now you're going to go out and play touch. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking a guy that is that level and now putting him and feeding him into – he's already got the athletic ability and the size and the speed and the talent and now putting him into an elite academy or a program here in the United States, you know, an MLR academy. And really good coaching at a professional, you know, a professional level with professional facilities, you know, and the gym and the weight room and, you know, um, you know, ice baths and hot tubs and, you know, have an athletic trainer just like they did at LSU or just like they did at Alabama or where, you know, wherever they played at. And I think eventually we could, you know, you start seeing some progress. And if you get some big name athletes coming across or if you just start getting it, like I said, it's it can be it can be both sports playing at the same time is what I say. We've seen elite athletes make the crossover, especially at the Eagles level, looking, you know, in the early 90s, Dan Lyle was an NFL prospect, was recruited to play rugby overseas, made the choice, and, you know, he, I guess, converted to becoming an exceptionally elite rugby player with a purely football background. He ended up captaining Bath and then playing for Leicester and then you know, was also the Eagles captain for a very long time. So it is definitely possible for choice athletes who are extremely intelligent and have the athleticism and the ball skills to make it. Yeah, like I said, um, you know, like I said earlier, 
you know, rugby is rugby can be a complex sport. Absolutely. So can football, you know, um, there's a lot of people that watch football every day and don't know what they're watching. They don't know the difference between cover two or cover three or, you know, a zone blitz or, you know, any, you know, whatever it is, you know? So, um, you know, I'm not, like I said, not saying a guy can come over and the next day he's starting in, you know, USA and he's playing against the all blacks. No, but do I think that, you know, there's enough athletes out there in the world with the right coaching and the right talent and the right Academy and the right channels that, uh, you know, we could have a lot of crossover athletes, you know, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be crossover athletes. It can be not playing football and rugby at the same time. You'd be like, hey, your football days are done. You know, you're 23. You're not – you're undrafted. The CFL didn't want you. The NFL didn't want you. You know, you're in the best shape of your life. That, that That's always the hard part, too. It's not always, you know, teaching a guy a skill set, teaching a guy how to make a pop pass, rock, all that stuff. That can, you know, that can kind of be the easy part. Teaching a guy to be 6'6 and 250 and you can run, that's the hard part. That, that's that's just kind of, you know, God-given ability, you know. So um, I think that there's, you know, a way that, you know, they can cross over and overlap and help each other, you know. Since we're talking MLR academies and certain uh, teams are putting in the foundations right now, and that is the eventual, you know, overarching goal for that side of the system, how far along is – nola gold to having a fully fledged academy yeah well i, I think we in a, in a lot of ways already have one group you know one going is well you know with, between our youth program that's coming up through the high school program and then we still have our new orleans you know regular rugby new orleans rugby club that's been here since 1973 that'll be playing still at the regular men's level eventually all those things going forward can feed you know, into the MLR club you know so you can kind of already have that and then in the off season and as we go throughout the course of the year um, we'll be, you know, we'll be recruiting obviously throughout the course of the year, just like they do in the NFL. As the NFL is playing, there's scouts on the road scouting for the next draft and for the next level. So we'll be scouting as we go. And uh, as our season's going on this spring, uh, we'll be on the road going after, you know, at, at colleges and at high schools recruiting for, you know, our academy and getting down to New Orleans and whether it be right into the academy full time and or be, you know, the old fashioned way of getting them down here and getting some work in and, you know, also getting some academy time and, um, you know, kids going to school down here, whatever it is, and uh, eventually leading and channeling towards that, you know, academy and towards our, you know, our men's team and eventually into our NOLA gold side. So I think, you know, having that, you know, men's club that we've had here since 1973, having that old boy network that we've had that have been unbelievably awesome supporters um, and having the guys that have come here for the past 40 years and play, um, I think that is just keeping the momentum rolling, you know, right up to the MLR level. So... How did Tim Falcon approach you to join the NOLA Gold organization and become the general manager for a brand new franchise in a brand new league? Right. Yeah. The whole, whole thing. Yeah. I, I've uh, had the privilege of, I've known Tim since I've been down here for eight years. Um, you know, I played, you know, about a hundred some games probably with Jared, you know, the middle, middle, uh, middle brother, Jared Falcon, you know, been on the 2011 national championship team together and a couple of the final fours, including playing against life and, um, and as well as Cameron behind him and, and Brennan. So I've had, you know, I've known the Falcon family for the past eight years and playing down here. And um, it was just kind of perfect timing as well with uh, myself having, you know, having the three years under my belt with uh, the senior bowl and kind of getting some good resources and getting to know a lot of the high schools and the colleges in the area between, you know, for scouting with, at the football level and having, kind of trying to train the eye or, you know, starting to have, you know, training your eye as far as the scouting at the, you know, at the NFL level and having that experience. And then also, have, you know, been played with rugby. Um, it was just kind of perfect timing when Tim approached me in February saying that uh, he acquired a, uh, an MLR team. 
and uh, we're going forward from here and uh, asked me to come on board and we worked it out. And so far it's been, you know, it's been nothing. Every day has been, every day has just been awesome. I mean, it's, it literally has just been really, really awesome working with Tim Daly, working with Nate, working with Todd um, on a daily basis, just building this thing. And the momentum is really starting to build and it started back and, you know, um, I came on board in February and I've, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about it. It's, it's really, really exciting times. So the coaching staff that you guys have hired are Nate Osborne, who was the last uh, head coach for Metropolis RFC, and Todd Fitzgerald as your assistant head coach and assistant GM. Is that correct? So Nate's our head coach. Todd Fitzgerald is also is a you know assistant GM, assistant head coach, assistant GM as well. You know, kind of a kind of a dual role. Um, Todd is very very good evaluator. I've been here for. Years, you know, a Jesuit guy born and raised right here in New Orleans, um, went to the U and went to life and then back here, been playing for, you know, over 20 years. Um, and obviously Nate Osborne, um, obviously his uh, resume speaks for itself with everything that, you know, coming from Australia and been playing for 30 years with Met, what he's done with, uh, you know, with Metro uh, and coming down here. He's been just an outstanding group we've had so far. Very, everybody's kind of, you know, it's rolling on all cylinders and we definitely, uh, you know, we're definitely all kind of feed off each other. Everybody brings a little bit of something to the table for sure. So um, as Nate is our head coach, Todd's our assistant head coach and assistant GM um, uh, myself. And then also with our, you know, the latest one of our latest signs that we announced earlier with Hubert Biden's, you know, him being a, you know, senior leader, we were looking for kind of one guy that also, you know, front row is a, obviously a special position, kind of like how they bring offensive line coaches out of retirement every year in the NFL because you can play football your whole life and have no idea how to coach front uh, O line. Just like the same thing with the you know rugby, you can play rugby your whole life and have no idea how to coach front row. So Hubert Biden's what we had. You know we had a good time with him in Aspen. He came with us and um, he signed with us, and uh, he's definitely that not only a player but also with you know 44 caps with Canada and two World Cups. You know he's definitely that senior leader that can definitely you can definitely you know have a good group of guys, five six guys go with him and take the front row and. You can trust him that he's got that. So um, definitely a you know outstanding player, obviously still, but also a um, you know a very good senior leader, captain, kind of front row coach as well. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely something I'm trying to learn because in, in club rugby, you don't really have a lot of high quality scrummage coaching out there, and having extremely technical folks available is very smart. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's a, you know, and, and that's, and that's kind of getting back to what I was saying earlier too, is that there's a specific group of skill sets, you know, and like I said, when I'm getting back to earlier talking about just bringing new guys over and bringing an academy and bringing former football players or whoever it is, any kind of athletes, you know, a lot of times for years and, and rugby at the amateur level is always like, Hey, bring them out. Hey, come on, bring them out. We have touch on Tuesday, Thursday. Well, it's like, you know, that's not really necessarily developing a guy, but you know, bringing taking a, player that is you know definitely gonna be a prop or definitely gonna be a hooker and putting them in with a guy that has you know two world cups and 44 caps and been a you know a international player for years and literally you know showing them the skill set of how to you know scrum down and how to play how to rock all that everything all the little tricks of the trade of front row that's you know how you start developing players I think versus just yeah come on out to touch that's I don't think that's you know I don't think that's doing it I think you know as far as nationwide I think that's what uh we should kind of try to channel into individual actual skill sets. 
Talking about individual skill sets, uh, a player you just signed, Sebastian Calm, uh, last weekend played for Old Blue New York against Glendale, and I was a bit surprised he wasn't starting, but you just, you know, you watch him and, like, his first touch of the ball was a score. Yeah, I know coming off the week before, I think he was played about a half, and then the week before that he played full 80. Um, I think that, you know, I, I don't, you know, um, talking to him and I think, I think they're just kind of rotating guys through getting everybody a break, you know, getting get minutes, which is good, you know, fine by me, you know, that he's getting, getting good minutes, but at the same time, you know, if he doesn't have to play the whole 80, that's, that's good up there too, you know? So, but yeah, he's, uh, you know, Sebastian's uh, going to be a great player for us. We're very excited to have him not only just as a player, you know, he said between the lines, but you know, what he brings off the field and just overall character wise as a person, he's just, you know, he's an outstanding, outstanding teammate and uh, do anything for you as far as the teammate wise goes is, and as just an individual person, just a great character guy uh, on the field, obviously his skill set is, you know, tremendous. Like you said, you know, he makes, usually when he steps on the field, he's a pretty, pretty much a, you know, instant impact. You got to know where he's at defensively. And uh, you know, he gets out in the back line too. He can, you know, he can run like a back as well and hit like a hit, like a forward, you know? So he, um, he's a great player for us. We're really looking forward to having, getting him down here shortly, um, which will be very shortly. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to going with them, going forward with them for years to come. Getting more into front office administration stuff in our last conversation, we talked about the facility that you guys are developing out in Hope Haven, and everyone I've talked to said that's extremely awesome. Hope Haven, right on the road, right next, you know, right on the campus of Archbishop uh, Shaw High School. They've been tremendous working with us. Uh, we have a great connection with them. Um, they're, you know, obviously affiliated with the, uh, with the rugby program, the high school rugby program here in Louisiana as well. Um, and yeah, just to have, just to tie in everything, like all of our home games, we're going to try to tie in, you know, schedule obviously conflicting and everything, but we're going to always try to tie in a high school game as a curtain raiser, um, all the way up hopefully to the men's level and then eventually to MLR as well. So trying to definitely get the whole town like i said you know whole city to buy into it as far as from the youth level all the way through to high school and the parents can see that like hey my son can play right here in high school and then turn around a couple years later and you're playing at the mlr level in the same town on the same on the same pitch so um and it's also great for shaw too as far as having a uh, you know rugby and football field right there on campus it's uh, very rare for in this area for you know a catholic school to have it on their own on their own uh property you know so a lot of times they're sharing fields and stuff so um it's really, really exciting for them, really exciting for us. Going forward, uh, without telling all the players that you've recruited that you're going to announce every Tuesday, Thursday, what style uh, of play have you recruited for? Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. I mean, honestly, Aaron, like myself and, and Nate and Todd just talking, we go and, you know, look through, you know, tons of film and, you know, recruiting guys and scouting and going to tournaments and going to camps and going to sevens tournaments over the summer and going to games in the fall you know, um, at the end of the day, I, you know, really, really, you know, excited and happy, you know, all of our guys, you know, when you come down to scouting sometimes, you know, and come down to just building a team, whether, whatever sport it is, so many times there's players that across the board look all the same as far as, you know, can do this, can run this high, can run this fast, jump this high, everything, you know, even down to rugby skill set as well. But I really tried to dig in and get across the board, just, outstanding character guys as well because when you when you play at the, when you get to this level you know it's not just necessarily putting 15 all-stars out there and having trying to go win the championship it's camaraderie it's building that chemistry that cohesiveness um you look at a team like glendale right now that's been together for years you know they they're you know running as a good unit you know that takes 
takes time. Um, it takes people to drop their egos. Um, and, you know, you might have been a captain at one team and you're not a captain at another, you know. So um, working together, being able to move from lock to eight man or eight man to lock or prop, you know, tight head to loose head, whatever it is. Um, I feel across the board, all of our guys got that. And every single one of them is a do what's best for the team, put the team first. Um, they're not, you know, guys that not, don't need to roll out the red carpet. If our field gets flooded, they'll play on asphalt, you know. So tough guys with good character um, that are, you know, do it, like I said, do whatever it takes for the guy next to you. Um, you know, and obviously at the same time, between, between the skill sets, they're all obviously going to be high, high skill players, um, physically fit, physical, you know, all the checking all the boxes that you need you know, for a tough competitive rugby team. But at the end of the lot, at the end of the day, sometimes I feel like sometimes that deciding factor, especially if everything else is equal and everything else is even talent wise, I, I think it's really going to come down to who's willing to do the little stuff, who's willing to sacrifice for the team, who's willing to be put, the, you know, put their egos aside, put their individual accomplishments aside and just sacrifice for the team as far as character wise. So um, I, I feel like we got that here. Awesome. I had a conversation with gift at, a Bailu about um, the kind of guys you're going to recruit. And he just said, you're going to, you know, recruit loyal guys that will, will just go. Yeah. Right. That, that's exactly what we're looking for. You know, just, um, just go, man. Like you said, like I said earlier, you know, our field is flooded. We'll play on asphalt. You know, if uh, L freeze is over, we'll play on ice, you know, just those guys that are just kind of just want to play, come down here. Uh, play at the highest level and just get, just get tough guys that are competitors. You know, they're just not worried about every single individual accolade. Um, they're not worried about, you know, how many articles they're doing or how many articles they're not doing. They just want to win. They just want to, uh, they just want to win. They just want to play and compete. And that's what this, obviously what this game's all about, you know, all the cliche stuff, but it's all true. You just team, uh, 15 guys out on the field and they're all the 15 best all-stars and it necessarily equals championships. I, I don't think that's true. There might be, might happen in some sports and of course talent you have to have, but at the same time, there has to be, especially in this sport, there has to be some egos dropped and there has to be some guys that are just willing to, you know, sacrifice for the guy next to them. And that's kind of what we're all about. Great. Taking a question from our Reddit page, when will the website go live? Yeah, so the website's actually in the project. It should be, it should be um, I don't know, exact time. I mean, we're it's under construction as we speak, and uh, I think actually it'll probably go live. I'll probably let you know, but it probably should be going 100% live. It's going to be a work in progress, adding our pictures, adding everything. But I would say in the next probably, uh, you know, I would say probably in the next week or two, everything should be live, give or take, maybe a little bit more than that. But uh, we already, I know, I know for a fact, because we already got, you know, some stuff already in the mix and get questions on all the time with bios up and pictures up. And, uh, you know, so it's coming along. It's going to be there, uh, should be there shortly. My biggest criticism early on before I was a member of the media was why is this floating around on a piece of paper as a briefing sheet and there's no websites, the ducks are in a row. Like what's going on? Uh, I hope this is real, but after getting railroaded by, you know, as a fan by the previous professional league in the United States, just being in Uendo wasn't enough. Well, I mean, I can't, you know, I, I mean, if I were to say one, I, I can't speak for obviously the, the whole league, everything, but as a whole, I would say that, you know, um, probably just trying to just make sure everything is all in order, you know, ducks in a row and not rush everything and make sure everything is in order correctly one time the right way. And I will say this from, you know, just talking to the league that, that we usually talk, you know, our meetings that we talk to in my 17 years of playing rugby, men's level rugby in the United States is by far like, you know, the, you know, just the most positive, best, you know, 
well-run machine so far that we've had that I've been a part of, you know, so really, really excited about it. I think they're all doing a fantastic job up at the front office of major league rugby from Dean house to Nick Benson. They're all just doing outstanding. Um, and like I said, I think that they're just making sure that, you know, um, everything is in order. It's very, very close. And, uh, they'll, uh, when they're ready, they'll go and it'll be, uh, it'll be really successful. At this point, I don't think there should be many complaints about information because, uh, we're light years ahead of where we were two years ago with that previous competition where you didn't really know if it was going to be something until a month before it kicked off. And right now you've got two teams fully assembled and pretty much every other team like you guys are pushing information two to three times a week. So I've got no complaints. Yeah, and you know, honestly, some of these some of these guys we've we've had pretty uh, you know we've had good conversations with for you know a couple of weeks, maybe even months now, obviously. But wanted to just take our time and make sure we announced it when you know when we for sure had our ducks in a row and didn't want to get I didn't want to backtrack, you know, as a GM or as even you know, for not just for the league's sake, but also for the player. I didn't want to box somebody in and say you know we're making a big announcement and then you know two minutes later you got to backtrack. So. We're just, um, you know, just making sure that you got to get it right one time and be professional about it and, uh, you know, go forward from there. And I think the product will, um, you know, you'll see the you'll see the product be enhanced because of that. I think when it comes to the product on the field, people are going to be extremely surprised and pleased because it's going to be much different than what the previous league had done. Uh, by the time you guys launch uh, into the first full fixture of the league, you'll have been assembled for, you know, three, three and a half months and that the quality will be there almost immediately with guys practicing between 20 to 25 hours a week over that period of time. Yeah, exactly. So like, like you just said it right in the head, you got three and a half months of training. Um, it's not like these guys that are coming in and have never played rugby before. They're all going to come in in prime shape and peak shape. They've all obviously have played it at a high level. So you put that in and you mix them in for a couple months and you get some, you know, good test matches in there and get some warm up games and some test matches and building that camaraderie for three months. You know, you look at an NFL training camp, you know, those guys come and go every single year, a whole 90 man roster comes and goes every single year and they get that training camp. It's only about five weeks long before the, from July to the start of the season, about five, about five and a half weeks. And they have that thing full throttle. So, you know, for three and a half months for rugby guys and a lot of these guys, you know, rugby is a small, you know, small knit unit, you know, so a lot of these guys already know each other or have played together at, uh, at somewhere along the line at some level. So, um, you know, like I said, I think you're, I think you're hundred percent. I think that three and a half months of, uh, like I said, some test matches and some good cup series here and there, and also some uh, friendlies mixed in with three and a half months of just training and bonding um, at a really, really high level and competitive level and good skill set in a professional environment, not just necessarily, you know, Tuesday and Thursday for an hour, you know, after work, this is going to be a professional mind, uh, professional, you know, set that um, I think the product in the field will, you know, be enhanced and it'll be, it'll be outstanding. Looking at the division one club level and the level of play from that previous league, I just see it being that high level of play from the end of that league being achieved very early on and within, you know, 10 test matches within your league based on, you know, matrix season and getting players out to the na their national teams. We'll see it within the first quarter uh, of the games you guys have. Yeah, I, like I said, I, all these guys are coming in 
ready to go. A lot of these guys are getting some unbelievably good competition in the fall. You know, we just talked about um, Sebastian, you know, playing at Old Blue and Glendale's already playing and Houston's got some games coming up, you know, and we're going to, we're, we're going to have some games early as well. So we get some test matches in. we got guys coming down from the Midwest that'll be playing Canada. Our Canada boys are obviously playing right now as we speak or just finished playing, you know, so, um, you know, so everybody's coming down here, you know, in, in the late fall and coming into January and everything like that, ready to go. Your skill set and uh, their fitness level is going to be um, at top notch. And uh, you just roll in the pattern and start uh, building that, you know, that camaraderie, and that cohesiveness that we're talking about and building that pattern and then, you know, figuring out what works and what gels and wh- what guys go where. And uh, I think come April, you know, or, you know, rolling into the matrix season, we're going to, you know, everything will be all systems go. And I'm excited before that too. We're going to have some really, really nice games, uh, you know, some uh, good cup series or, you know, I know test matches before that, that we'll have some good ones. I know of one match you guys got. It's on the Austin Black schedule in January. Yeah, we, we got one, uh, you know, we, the Capitals are also Capital Selects are also going to come down here on January 20th. Okay. Uh, okay. They're going to come down here to get one and just as um, kind of like, like I said, kind of ending our first phase probably of training camp. And, uh, you know, we also uh, will have a uh, really good New Orleans uh Rugby Hall of Fame dinner that night that our kind of a lot of our guys will be able to segue into as well and build that good camaraderie that we've been talking about with a lot of our old boys. So that'll be, like I said, we got that. That's the environment we're building and we've been building. That's the environment I've been a part of now for the past eight years with these guys and just been, you know, just in awe of, uh, you know, this entire community down here in New Orleans area of all these guys and what they'll do for you, you know. So, and that's been a really, really, you know, big recruiting pitch for our guys that we've been going after. And it's, and it's uh, really held up. You've seen it when we went out to Aspen and we have, you know, tons of old boys out there in their own team, 35 and older, 55 and older, and then some, you know, and some guys that are higher than their age and that can still play, you know? So, uh, you know, between that and then you mix in with a lot of our uh, MLR guys, it's, it's really exciting times, you know? So yeah, we're going to have some good ones in January and February and try to get some ones, you know, some really good competition, January, February, March, and leading up to the season. I think that about wraps it up. And you said that Nate Osborne is available to interview whenever. Yeah, you know, Nate, uh, Nate's been absolutely, you know, like Nate, Nate and Todd have been, you know, just outstanding. Like I said, Todd has just been business as usual. Keep it on like he's been on for the past, you know, how many years here with this club. And the addition of Nate has been, you know, just outstanding. All the guys are rallying around him. All the guys are very excited. Uh, players are players that are, I think it says a lot. Um, you know, as a player when like, you know, you know, like for a coach's sake where it's like, you know, I'll play for that coach any day or I'll play for that play, you know, and, you know, even for the, for a coach's sake, when like you're going down to New Orleans to play and players want to come with you or players are coming across the country that want to come with you to play because you're going down there to play. Uh, I think that says a lot about you, not only as a coach and what you know is X's and O's wise, of course, but also as a character, you know, because people don't pack up and move. And, you know, maybe you see that in the NFL or at the pro level where there's a lot more money involved and, you know, billions, you know, million, you know, $9 billion organization, you know, like the NFL or something, but, you know, for this level and first year in MLR and for a guy to come down from Minnesota and come down here and come down to New Orleans and guys want to come with them all across the country and they find out that he's coming down with them. I think that says a lot about him as a coach and him as a man and character wise. So he's a great fit for us. Um, and uh, we're really excited. Yeah, um, what he's done at Metropolis and what he helped build, we're seeing now with their destruction of the Midwest Rugby Premiership. Yeah, I, I remember getting out of the Marine Corps in 07 and, you know, playing for Milwaukee and, you know, Metro is just, you know, start, you know, just all of a sudden, you know, just coming up. I'm like, man, and sure enough, now, 
you know, 10 years later, here we uh, link up and everything that you heard about Nate Osborne. And so, yeah, you're 100% right. They uh, have had a really, really good run up there. And, uh, you know, like I said, especially a lot of those guys up in the Midwest that are coming down with them and players and players that are coming around that he's coached at the 2000, you know, the 2015 World Cup and across the country, guys that want to come and play for him. Like I said, uh, you know, that that speaks volumes to, uh, you know, how you are as a, as a coach and as a man, as a character wise, you know, so um, couldn't be more excited to get him down here and uh, ready to go. I think that about wraps it up on my end. Is there anything you want to say to the audience? Yeah, well, first thing, you know, thank you, man. I think I really appreciate it. It's been awesome. I really appreciate all the, you know, like I said, helping us get the, helping us get the word out there, helping us get the, the league going. Um, um, it's been, uh, like I said, since February coming on board, it's the momentum every day has been getting bigger and bigger and getting closer and closer as well. And uh, guys like, you know, these these things like yourself and doing these anytime, everything that really, really helps out, uh, you know, helps out the league, helps out the players, uh, the coaching staff, everything, you know, to get it out there. So get good buzz. And I appreciate everything you guys are doing. And um, all the fans out there, you know, watching and listening, everything that I really appreciate. We got, like I said, it's coming. Uh, we, we got a good, uh, good stuff coming here in the next uh, couple months. And, uh, you know, keep looking forward to it because it's going to be a really good product on the field. That about wraps it up for us. Uh, catch the show on Monday nights, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific time. And it looks like we'll be having uh, NOLA Gold head coach Nate Osborne on our next episode of Earful of Dirt Lineouts. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks a lot, Aaron. This has been Lineouts by Earful of Dirt. Connect with Earful of Dirt online. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. For Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for listening.